0: The following audio is from All Saints Church. For more information about the church, please visit our website at allsaintsgb.org. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that Jesus answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You're right, teacher. You have truly said that He is one and that there is no others besides Him. And to love Him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that He he answered wisely, He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask Him any more questions? This is God's Word. And it's true. How might you fill in this blank? There's nothing better in life than... There's nothing better in life than... Turtle delight from Zesty's. Sunny hill sweet corn? Mm. Warm walks on a sunsetting beach, skiing the freshly groomed Rocky Mountains, holding your newborn baby, cuddling with a loved one. There's nothing better than... These are things we find pleasurable, but we know instinctively, you know, I'd be willing to give up turtle delight if push came to shove. So let's move it a little closer to home. I was listening to a podcast this week about a family whose house was built on a California coast cliff and who at any moment could have their place fall into the ocean. And they had prepared for this coming disaster, which they knew was coming, they just didn't know when, by labeling with yellow stickers in their house the things they would grab. If they had a minute to get out of the place before it was destroyed. If I had to ask you, if you only had one yellow sticker, what would you put it on? What would you consider to be your most valuable possession? I'm making the assumption that none of us answered this. Chad, I wouldn't need that sticker. Because there's nothing better than God's love. Or, I wouldn't grab anything because in Christ I have everything. I'm assuming we didn't answer that way. But why not? What causes us to believe that God's love isn't quite better than any yellow sticker life? I think the reason lies in our broken and sinful hearts. In all of us. And it's this, that we love self more than sacrifice. We do. We love self more than sacrifice. But today, Scripture passage will show us what makes God distinct and unique as God. Because He loves sacrifice more than Himself. He loves more than life itself. What is sacrifice? Just want to define it first before we start getting into understanding it. Sacrifice is the act of giving something of value up for the sake of something considered more valuable. Giving something up of value for the sake of something considered more valuable. For love, friends, To be truly, purely, deeply God's love, it must and needs to include sacrifice. That house on the hill or on the cliff can fall because I have traded it for something better. Our passage argues today that your hearts this morning would hear this. God's love is better than all of your life. So love as God has loved you with all of his life. Three ways that we see that God's love is better than all of your life. First, God's law is at its core love. Second, man's love is limited to this life. And finally, perfect love lays down his life first way that we see that God's love is better than all of life is by looking at his law. Because at its core, his law is love. Look at the first four verses of this passage. And it's going to be the longest point that I'm going to make this morning. A scribe comes up to Jesus. You want to ask, what is a scribe? What does scribe mean? Scribe means to write. And in Jesus' day, reading and writing were much less common a thing than they are now. Most people could not read or write. There were experts for that. There were scribes for that. And the scribes, with their special superpower of reading and writing, were considered the go-tos for understanding God's law. They were like the library that you would check out and talk to, to understand what God's law was all about. And after seeing that Jesus had demonstrated that He's an expert in the reading and writing of God's law by His previous responses to other leaders who were trying to trap Him, this scribe goes up to Jesus and asks Him the question, what's the most important commandment of all? In essence, what he's asking Jesus is this. If the temple were burning down and I could only grab one sliver of paper of all the scrolls that have been written with the entire law and the prophets of God, the Torah, what should I grab? It's a great question. And Jesus responds with the command, love. He speaks the words of the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for hear. And that Shema was a phrase that was daily recited in the temple on the lips of the people of God. It's from Deuteronomy 6, as Jacqueline read, where the Lord, after rescuing his people from near death, from certain death, from slavery, gives to Moses a summary statement of how to live as a people of God. And it says, hear, hear this, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says to the scribe, and the second most important is from Leviticus 19.18. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. When you think of the word law, what comes to mind? When you hear the word law, what comes to mind? Rules. Rules right? Do this. Don't do that. But when you think of God's law as only rules and not relationship, then something is seriously lost. Friends, the law of God is intended for you to hear who God is. When you read the law, do not murder. You should hear who God is. God is the giver of life. When you hear the law, do not lie. You should hear the Lord. God is truth. He speaks truth. The law is intended to hear who God is through what God does. And what to do, always as a rule of thumb, in any teaching or preaching, has to come from what is true. And that's how Jesus starts this response to the guy's question to the scribes question he starts with what is true the lord our god the lord is one why is it important to start with what is true before giving him what to do because if you're just doing something without what is true why are you why are you even doing it you need to understand the motivation for example i want my sons to love their brothers It's a challenge as a parent. I want my boys to love their brothers. Do I want them to love their brothers just because I told them to love their brothers? No. It doesn't compute. I want them to love their brothers because it's what they know to be true from their father. My dad loves me So therefore, I hate my brothers? No, My dad loves me, so therefore, I love my brothers. Because my dad loves me and will always love me, that's what's true, I then follow suit and I love him and others. That's what I do. What's true and what I do. And Jesus, before giving a what to do, like I said, brings to mind what is true. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Yahweh echad. What does that mean? The Lord is one. Ice. It means the Lord is the first, the primary, the only God. He is the loveliest object of our affections, our worship. And He is distinct and completely different from any other object of affection or love. He alone is God. That's what's true. But if I just know that, does that prompt me to love Him? That he's, that he's fearful, that he's amazing, that he's powerful, that he's all these things. That that alone enough to love him? There's something else in this. Because think about it. If you had a father who was someone to be feared, would you want to love him? I'm sure a lot of you have had fathers that were to be feared. Did you always, like, oh, I love my dad because I'm afraid of him. Mm, I don't know that that's enough. But the second piece of this is what makes God distinct and holy and set apart from any other God or affection or human love so that we might love him as this. He loves with sacrifice. Think about the oneness of the Trinity for a moment. The Father himself doesn't delight in self-love the father delights in the son the son doesn't delight in self-love the son delights in the father and the spirit delights in the father and the son not in himself it's sacrificial it's others more important than me that's the type of love with which god loves this is love Two love that's what it looks like others more important than me And this is how God's law operates within us. God's so powerful. God's so amazing, so beautiful, so exquisite. So worthy of fear. Didn't choose to destroy His children for their sin against Him like any other man-made mythical God would do. But instead, through steadfast love found in sacrifice, He preserved His people instead of pummeling His people. Because they were of great worth and value to him, he provided for them a way to live through sacrifice. And for Israel, this was symbolized by the Passover lamb, the blood of the lamb that was put on their doorways when the angel of death was coming and bringing God's wrath. It said, God, through sacrifice, this blood says, save us. They were marked with sacrifice. And the sacrificial system found in the temple was intended to point to God's love and God's making a way through sacrifice so that they could be in relationship with Him. This is the oneness, the distinctiveness of Yahweh. Steadfast love found in sacrifice. Giving up something valuable for the sake of something else valuable. And that leads us then to the second commandment, which Jesus says, which is to love anyone, anyone in close proximity to us. That's a neighbor. Anyone in close proximity to us as we ourselves have been loved. Like I mentioned with my sons, if hatred of someone close to us comes out of us, what does that say about our understanding of God's love? Love as you yourself has been, have been loved. If we're hating other people, what does that say about our understanding of God's love? We sinful human beings believe love has to be like this reciprocal, even back and forth, not sacrificial. My neighbor doesn't turn his mu- music down? Pay him back, I must. My husband doesn't listen to me? Then shut him out, I must. My social media friend doesn't agree with me? Then unfriend her, I must. I must. Reciprocal, not sacrificial. But I want you to think about three words that I trust you use often in your life, in your relationships. I love you. I love you. Remember when you were dating? How benchmarky those words were? I love you. It was next level for sure, right? Right? But what it means in man's estimation, oh, I just feel so much for you. And what it means in God's estimation are two very different things. I was recently telling my son, who's beginning to think about that expression with those of the opposite sex. I said, son, when you say I love you, you are saying this, I will live As if you are more valuable than me. Or I will lay down my life for you. He's not saying that yet. But that's what I love you is about. When you say it to your spouse. When you say it to your kids. When you say it to your neighbor. When you say it to your God. I will put myself aside for you. I will cross the threshold of my backyard and kindly ask you, even if you are a concealed carry, to turn down the music. I will love you. I will turn an open ear to you, even if you don't give me the time of day. I will ask you to coffee, even after I read your six-paragraph tirade against the right or the left politically. I will love you. This week, friends, when you say I love you to your kids, to your spouse, to your parents, to your friends, to your God, remember what the greatest, of commandment, greatest commandment of love means. Sacrifice. I would encourage you also as you face enemies, remember this command that neighbors anyone close to you dare to say, even in your head or your heart, I love you, enemy, because that's how I've been loved. Because from the bottom of your heart, soul, mind, strength, as you think on First John 4.10, the definition of love, friends, this is love, colon, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the sacrifice for our sins. This is love. See how sacrificially you've been loved. So love like that. This is the law of God. The love of God. Seen in the sacrifice of God. His love is better than life. Another way, second way we see that God's love is better than life. Is to look at the lesser alternative. That man's love is limited to our own life. You see this in the next couple of verses. The scribe makes a summary statement on what Jesus says. He says, well put, teacher, but not necessarily on who Jesus is. He nods in agreement to Jesus's view. Yep, 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 you are in line with how I read the scriptures. He puts a thumbs up emoji next to Jesus's message. He even adds his own scripture support by giving reference to other parts of the Torah. Yes, yes, to bay is better than sacrifice. Loving God is desired so much more than sacrifices. He's recognizing that the sacrificial system in the temple, something he's an expert of and in the religion of the day, he knows really well, he knows that that's not the most important thing about God's law. He's maybe even looking around the temple and at the religious leaders, and he's like, you know, there isn't a lot of love in this place. There's a lot of sacrifice. There ain't a lot of love in this place. Yes, yes, loving God is the most important thing. He commends Jesus for his speaking rightly. It's one of the only times you see a member of the religious tribes talking to Jesus this way. But if you look very, very closely, notice what he doesn't say back to Jesus from the Shema. Did you see that? He says, well said, teacher. God is one. He's the only God. Love him from your heart, mind, and strength. And love neighbor as yourself. Preach it. What's missing? He doesn't talk about soul. Or the Greek, Suke, Which is the word which means life. Love God with all your soul. He doesn't say that. He says, yeah, my heart, my affections, God's. My mind, God's. My behavior, God's. But loving God with my very life doesn't say it. It's the missing piece. And that's the message of Mark. That's why Mark is being written to a people who are being slaughtered Their lives are being taken away for their faith in Jesus. They're being asked to give up their very soul. Take up a cross and follow Jesus. Self-sacrifice. The scribe in his blindness does not yet see the love of God found in the sacrifice of a human life. He doesn't see that sacrifice doesn't involve animals. It involves a person. He prefers, as Jesus will allude to later, as Ben preaches next week on the scribes, living a pretty lavish life, self-preservation over self-sacrifice. This is us. We're him. You see this self-preservation in us, in him, in King Saul in the Old Testament. He was the people's king. Saul was consistently afraid of losing his soul, of losing his life. As soon as Saul's life would be threatened, his affections, his thoughts, his behaviors changed into self-preservation. You see that in First Samuel 13. Saul's preparing this war against an enemy. And the enemy is closing in closer and closer upon him. And Saul was given a command by God. Wait seven days until Samuel comes and brings a sacrifice. Wait, Saul. But the armies start closing in further and further. And he knows, Saul knows, I'm, we're going to die. We are going to die here. And so Saul doesn't wait. He performs the sacrifice himself. He's so afraid of losing his life on earth that he takes any effort in order to preserve it. He ignores God and does things his own way so that he can stay alive. I'm Saul. Are you? The way you might be able to know if you're Saul or you're me or the scribe is whether or not you're keeping score even of your sacrifices that you're making for God. This week I was confessing to some friends about my sin of self-preservation. And I was confessing that lately I've been keeping score of the things I've given up for God, the sacrifices I've made for Him. My love for God has been centered more in keeping myself alive by the number of things I've done for Him rather than dying to myself because of the sacrifice He's already done for me. Where are you keeping score of your performance record? Where are you keeping sacrifice score in your relationship? Ask the Lord to take not only your silver, your gold, your heart, your mind, your intellect, your strength, Ask him to take your life. Lay down your life, friends. Because your life, his life was laid down for yours. Lay it down by, say, picking up the mess your kids made without grumbling about it. Can you do that? That's laying down your life. Laying down your life by speaking out about an injustice at the risk of it costing your reputation. Lay down your life by forgiving others and getting rid of the scorecard of how many times you've had to forgive them. (laughs) How do we get there, friends? Look to the last reason that God's love is better than life. Perfect love lays down His life. The scribe makes an estimation of Jesus' words, but look what Jesus does to the scribe. With the authority of God, he makes a declarative judgment of the man himself. He says in verse 34, You are not far from the kingdom of God. A scribe would never be willing to make such a claim. Only a king can make a claim like that. You are not far from the kingdom of God. We don't know. We're not, we don't know if the scribe would ever come to the end of himself. We don't know if he would lay down his life and take up Christ. Do you have to wonder about that statement Jesus makes to him. You are so close. You are so close. We have to wonder if that might be said of us, religious people. You are so close, but not there. Religious people who love to sing worship songs from the bottom of our hearts, who love to think great theological principles about God to fill our minds, who love to serve the church with all our strength by volunteering at every whim, but our lives are still our own, not Christ's. No one would dare question Jesus again. But many questions would be asked in what happened next in Jerusalem as the human sacrifice Jesus was being prepared. There would eventually be no question as to what loving God with all one's heart, mind, strength, and soul, and loving neighbor as oneself would look like. The scribe was so close to getting to know what the fulfillment of the law was. A perfect law keeping found in the sacrifice of arms spread out. A perfect law keeping in the love of God in the sacrifice of His body bled. A perfect law keeping in the sacrifice of this sacred head wounded. He says to him, you're not a long way from the kingdom of God. The entrance would be just outside of Jerusalem. As perfect love was displayed in Christ being crucified. Here's the entrance to the kingdom of God. Self-preservers see the love of God displayed in Christ willing to give himself for you as a sacrifice for your sin. Friends, what you or me or Saul or the scribe couldn't and wouldn't do, Christ did. There is no love greater than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends, loving you, his enemy and neighbor, making you forever his son. You cannot love like this until your life is His. What is true, friends, is that His love is better than life. And what to do? Lay down yours and live. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray for Your Word to make its way into our hearts and our souls, and our minds, and our strength. Father, as I think of the scribe and not fully understanding what loving God with all his life looked like, would you help us as a church to keep our eyes on the cross? That as we keep our eyes upon the cross and we hide ourselves in your love found in the cross, that it would then impact our words to our neighbor of I love you. That we would love as we've been loved, laying down our rights to ourselves and giving up ourselves to display the love of others and the love of God. Help us, Father, to love like that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.